You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I have to start this podcast with crazy news that I can barely believe myself. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Because you guys have to know that as soon as we get the TV episodes done, I immediately submit them to Amazon. The Amazon overlords. In the, in the hopes of them getting approved quickly. Yes. And yes. last season, season nine, was the longest approval in history for multiple problems. I tried to stay ahead of the problem this time. I submitted them literally like the week after I submitted the last episode to TV, which, by the way, I stay like three, four weeks ahead mm-hmm. of broadcast. Mm-hmm. And they're there. They're Season up. 10 is currently available on Amazon Prime and on Vimeo. You can watch it wherever you are in the world, all of Season 10. And what's crazy about that is it's up so early that see, that Episode 6 hasn't even played on broadcast yet. This has never happened before. They're there. You can go get them right now. I should oh, – hang on. I'm I'm so excited too. It's just – I I can't so believe funny. it. I can't believe it. I, I, I so literally – I happened to check the status and I was like, what do you mean it's approved? What do you mean it's a – and then I, I, I had to go to Amazon to double-check for myself. <laughs> Forget the portal. You guys should also know that, that the way that we submit for Amazon, since we own the content and the way that we submit to them, free on Prime is not available to us. Okay, It used to be. They've changed the, the yeah, st- no status longer. so it's no longer available. So all of the, all of the prices are – very affordable, so but you do have to to rent or buy the episodes. And again, that's on you them. You can buy the whole that's season. Their decision. We, we, we did would not make do this. it. We yeah. would make the older episodes free on Prime. It's not possible, so we brought those prices way down, so they are available on there. Thank you guys for your support there. But I, I will say right now that Amazon is the best way you can stream it. The picture quality wise is better than everybody else. Now those episodes will also be coming to YouTube when they do. I'm gonna flat out ask you guys to help us get those watched when they come to YouTube. But if you want to see them now, they're there on Amazon Prime already. Season 10. I, <laughs> I, I, I almost want to just stop the podcast and just be like, that's and the day done. right there. That's awesome. Really hope you love season 10. We had a great time shooting it and it's quite varied for us. Also, we've got a live podcast coming up. It's 675. This one is 672. Mm-hmm. And so we're targeting Thursday, February 10th, 2022. Next that is Thursday. our live podcast recording. And we're expecting all of your questions. It'll be all car well. questions. And that will then publish, of course. But we're making a switch here. Mm-hmm. We're going to the Test Drive channel instead mm-hmm. of our regular everyday driver namesake channel. It's It'll channel be number two. YouTube.com so slash test drive videos will be where that live stream will happen and where it will live after the fact. We've just decided since all the test drives are the two of us at the same time, whereas the TV stuff isn't, it's the inner cut of us. Exactly. We decided that the, the podcast should be living on the same place. So it's going to be on the test drive videos channel on YouTube. That will be next Thursday live stream for Friday morning's podcast. Yeah, 675. Well, guys, we have a very interesting topic Tuesday from Curtis in Buffalo, and we've got a good car debate from Pankaj, who has car confusion. Pankaj and his family are located in Dubai. That's a cool one, for sure. It just gives you an opportunity to go look at all the crazy cars for sale in Dubai. That's I had fun, Pankaj. Yeah, I'm sure you had a great time with that. Yeah. It was excellent. We now have an auto parts partnership with CarParts.com. CarParts.com is the smarter way to shop for auto parts. Their fast, mobile-friendly experience makes it easy to shop for the parts you need when you need them. Just enter the year, make, and model of your vehicle, start shopping, and start saving. It really is that simple. CarParts.com stocks their own inventory, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to you, and they're offering even more savings for our audience. Whether you've been in a collision, working on your project car, or need to catch up on maintenance, visit CarParts.com slash EverydayDriver for 10% off of $100 or more on select brands. Get the right parts right now at CarParts.com. Well, Curtis comes to us with an email. Topic mm-hmm. Tuesday questions. He said he's never had this happen to him before. It's an issue he never thought he would have. <laughs> he feels like he should sell a car he doesn't want to sell. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. He's got an 03 Honda Element that he bought in October 2020. Okay. He thinks they're quirky and fantastic and mm-hmm. wanted one to use as a camping outdoor lifestyle guitars, beanies, canoes, and yes. river rafting vehicle. That has the suicide doors and it's just a big box yes. you can fill with stuff. And and nobody, after they quit making it, nobody in the market really replaced the actual Honda Element. Honda should have done another generation. They should have. And people that I know that have bought them, like, like, like Curtis here, they love them. 
And, and I know many people yes. that keep kind of resurrecting an old one because they can't get anything else that they like that does what the element does. They should have done another one. They should have. Well, they didn't. So Curtis's is a rare five-speed all-wheel drive with that orange. That's great. I actually like that. That's the best best spec. It, it actually is. Yeah. He, he's built a bed for camping, <laughs> which he hasn't been able to use yet as of his writing, mm-hmm. but it's perfect for hauling stuff. It's just the right balance of quirky and practical, and he loves having it. Okay, great. But he's already put over $1,500 into it. Okay. Tires, starter, brakes, well, calipers. Mm-hmm. He bought it locally, and he says it's been in Buffalo its entire life, and he thought it was a great deal since it's got full service records. <laughs> that could be a double-edged sword. Well, yeah. It, it's good because it's got new suspension components, brakes, mm-hmm. clutch, VTEC solenoids, CV axles, and only has 142,000 miles. Okay. All right. It's got moderate rust. What car doesn't in that region? Yeah, this, anywhere, and, right? And this is how it begins. And it's a car from yeah. 2003. It's nearly a 20-year-old car. But he says it yeah. runs well, has never let him down, except when he had to push start it, so it has because <laughs> the starter died. It did once, yes. But he feels like every other time he drives it, something is going to go wrong. Mm. They had a big winter storm the week that he wrote this email. Yeah. He said it plowed through no problem, thanks to all-weather tires. That's great. Very good, very good. Even towed a couple people who were stuck. Excellent. But then problems have arisen in the past weeks. Slight exhaust leak, the ABS light for the wheel speed sensor, more brake noises, and a transmission that pops out of fifth gear and doesn't go into first. So So you now have a three-speed. He has a three-speed manual. And a winter storm, you start in second gear anyway. Yeah, it's an all-wheel drive three-speed. It's great. Telling you the the right transmission fluid can make the difference. It can limp you along. True, yeah, yeah. It's kind of give you some time before Mm -hmm. you have to buy a new transmission or get a rebuild. But that is possible. But it's stressing him out mm-hmm. because he feels like I'm exponentially adding to the wear. Yes, you are. Well, at every By time driving it. he drives it, he's he's got that that catch that that anxiety in the back of his mind about what's gonna happen this time. It's an element. It's a Honda. Try yes. owning in a it's thirty-nine-year-old Porsche. Yeah, that that story is coming. Talk about your stress. And uh-huh. You start a Maserati QP5, and then we'll see your stress meter. Wow. <laughs> How do we measure that? Because it's high. It's it fully in the red. Yes. Thought of selling it crossed his mind after the snowstorm and the issues that have arisen in just one day, which (laughs) we mentioned. Oh, oh man. He doesn't want to sell it, but he can't keep putting money into it. He's 24 years old, can't really afford to do it on any regular basis besides occasional repairs. But he says if it was rust-free, he could justify it and even wrench on it himself. But he likes the idea of having a utility vehicle with all-wheel drive that he can use Something his forthcoming Civic SI cannot be used for? So hang on. Full, full stop. Curtis is bought a, buying a new Honda Civic SI, which we have said is awesome and many others have as well. Because it's guess what? It's forthcoming. It's awesome. It could be a new one. It could be a I, used one. It doesn't, it's not specified. I think the forthcoming suggests to me that it's, suggests it's in order. process. Yeah. It, it's in process. He doesn't have it yet. Because uh-huh. if he was just going to buy one, he'd just go buy one. I yeah. see what you did there, Curtis. Uh-huh. Now, he doesn't know if he rushed into buying an element before he really wanted one. No, you, you kind of knew that you did, and you went and bought it. That's how that happens. <laughs> yeah. It's not his ideal spec. He would have preferred an 06 to 08 with the full color body panels, mm-hmm. newer grill, VSC. But now that he's got one, he doesn't want to part with it. Mm. He really sees himself using it as a camping vehicle, and he's excited at that new prospect of a lifestyle that doesn't exist in your life yet. He's he's excited about putting on a beanie and going camping. A little editorializing by taking, the uh, taking the, uh, the the kayak and the and the guitar. Somebody special in his life <laughs> building a campfire. We're taking the element. Here we go and film yourself. And all right, at the same time, it's not necessarily fun to drive on mountain roads as a regular car would be. Indeed. Even if it means camping outside, the manual helps, certainly. But he says, if I do a long road trip, because driving roads are meant to be driven with fun cars, he doesn't know if he wants to do the sacrifice. Fun for comfort. Very interesting. All right. The pros of selling it are that we have mentioned you might want to sell it, and we have an audience who might want to buy it. Yeah, somebody out there wants a Honda Element because they they want a lifestyle, for sure. Well, he could use the money. Plus, he always got a 1991 Mercury Capri. That only gets mentioned here as something he could sell. Uh, You notice that it doesn't come up at all in the email otherwise until he's selling stuff, meaning it is just sitting there rotting, and he, please allow me to sell this, guys. Fire sale here. For sure. He wants an NC Miata or an MR2 Spy. 
Spider. Mm -hmm. Wow. He's six foot two, so the NC is the only choice. I disagree because Todd and I are both six foot three. Our bodies are built very differently. I'm more legs, Todd's more torso. Yes. But we find ourselves sacrificing ourselves into a Miata RF or the end of the ND Miatas and being okay with it enough because of the car. Yes, but the NC, I will back your play, Curtis, that the NC is the only one actually built around someone large because well, it's actually the, the RX-8 chassis. So it's the big, quote-unquote, Miata. Oh, right, So right. take your point, but yeah, onward. Well, he says maybe this just isn't the element that it's meant for him. I mean, a few years time when he has more money or can dedicate himself to getting a nice rust-free element. <laughs> or maybe all elements will cost him money and have endless things to fix Hard to avoid for a car so old, and it's the end of the road for one. Or maybe he should just hang on to it, since he already mm. knows what's going on with it. But all he knows is this this element he adores, but it stresses him out immensely, and he's not sure what to do with it. This is fascinating, Curtis. This is probably speaking to somebody else right now that has this I, car. I definitely hope so. Yeah. I, and I've heard, look, I know a few people that have elements and love them, but most of those same people have put money into them. Mm-hmm. You, you think mm-hmm. Honda product, sure, 150,000 miles. What have I done to it? Nothing. But, but Curtis, I'm going to flip it around to you. Not only have you had a lot of experience, but I don't care what you bought for cheap that has 150,000 miles that is 20 years old. The fact that you told me you've spent $1,500 on this car mm-hmm. in the roughly six months you've owned it, but it's a 20-year-old car, I kind of go, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. just it, this is the time for all that stuff to be wearing out. The big problem that I hear for you across the board is the anxiety. <laughs> okay? And and hello you, anxiety, my old friend. Totally, totally. I mean, I look, I had this a little bit in the Phaeton, you had it for sure in your Maserati. Oh, gosh. I had it occasionally in the Z4, not all that much, but occasionally. But yeah, the Phaeton definitely. And the Phaeton when it was when it ran was wonderful. But the other car I thought of as I'm thinking about anxiety experiences when when I recently drove the cars of the 90s, the 90s uh, JDM supercars that we did that was on t- TV and is now on YouTube. Okay, yeah. When yeah, I yeah. drove the the Awesome FD RX-7, the 90s Mazda RX-7. Totally. It was, without question, the nicest one I've seen in probably a decade. This one was perfect. The owner spared no expense. He did stuff to it constantly, and it was in far better shape than I've seen. Again, I've seen one in forever. It drove perfect. I don't think Mm -hmm. there was a way for one of those cars to drive better than that one did. Agreed, yeah. And I was really, really glad when all I had to do with it was done. I was Mm. more relieved than almost any car we've driven. Now, I wasn't comfortable in it, but that's not what I'm talking about. Mm. I'm talking about the fact that there are so many known issues, and that that owner gave you so many known lists of, don't worry about this, this happens, this is coming up, that happens. Sure. I just had all of that in my mind. I just kept thinking, I I really want this car to run wonderfully while we have it. And it did. But then I really wanted, you joke about this sometimes, Paul, I really want it to go away. Telling you, I like it when cars go away. So I just, it, I had so much anxiety in a car that, that honestly, Curtis, there are few cars short of my Lotus that are directly set up to speak to what I like about driving like that RX-7 does. But I just was so anxious the whole time that I don't think I could ever own one. Having it for mm. a couple of days to drive it for the show, perfect. Owning one would have really stressed me out. You have a car you like but every time you drive it, it stresses you out. And I think for that alone, you have to get rid of it. Because I hmm. think I, mm, you could spend the next year putting stuff into it, and you might get it to a place where it doesn't ask anything for you from another year. A whole other year or two goes by, okay. it doesn't ask anything. But I think you'll spend that whole other year stressed. Okay, I see that. And Curtis, you don't have to justify as to why you bought an element. Because it's not about elements. It's about any car. Insert the Agreed. name of the car yes, here. Yes. Mm-hmm. I bought one. Why did I do that? I've done that a lot now, personally mm-hmm. speaking. And I have it. And what did I do? And I just liked it. And this is what all of us listening have done do. or will do in the future. Yes, for sure. Guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Now, you also asked, will all elements cost me money and have endless things to fix? Yes, because all those elements are beloved mm-hmm. by the people like you who like yes. them so much, and they drive the boop boop yeah. off them. Uh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And therefore, they're going to need maintenance. They're well, high-mileage vehicles. They're all old. All of them are old. They're all 15 they're years old at everywhere. least. But they're yes. beat up because, like you said, you want to use it for camping, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're just going to 
go over the fire road or the trail or whatever and kind of beat it up a little bit, not yeah, care. And yeah, that's yeah. what every element owner ever has done with their <laughs> element. Sure. Because yeah. that's what it's designed to do. So on one hand, yeah, mm-hmm. you can feel mm-hmm. good that you bought it for, you know, what it's used for and yeah, yeah, yeah. like it. But on the other hand, the stress might keep you from enjoying it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you get a nicer element, like you said, maybe I save for a better, nice, rust-free element, you're not going to take it camping. Interesting point. You might want to be like, but this one's so nice. But I, I have an element that's nice, and I don't want the body panels to get dinged, and mm. I'm not going to use it for camping. Whereas this one, sure, I got to put some money into it, <laughs> and the thing broke, but we're camping. Honey, we can't go camping this weekend because the element broke again. <laughs> Or we can't go camping this weekend because the element's too nice. So now yeah. we got a janky old insert other car Fair point. here. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. And again, Curtis, I'm not talking about elements. I'm talking about all cars for all of us. The mm-hmm. thing that yeah. does it yeah, for yeah. all of us that we never expected. And we, I don't sure. know why it does it for me, but sure, it just yeah. does. And I have to have one. And now that I have one, ugh, mm-hmm. I'm going through that too. I'm mm-hmm. going through right now. And I expect to always go through it's what we do mm-hmm. in any car, anywhere, because if you want to scratch the itch and you want to own something, yeah, 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 it has its own care and feeding. <laughs> that Mazda RX-7 spoke to me like crazy. It was fantastic to drive. It was so it was fantastic to drive. much fun. It was so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then I was so excited for it to go away. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But this element is stressing you out. And... It might be the only element in your life. Yeah, it's possible. What if, Mm -hmm. what if you sell it, get some money back out of it, get your SI, and then you decide to get a fun sports car, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. Okay. And then you get some other vehicle for camping, some other thing that you don't care about. Mm -hmm. Because if you do keep this element, you're going to have fun with it. You're going to have good times and you're going to pour money into it to keep it running, to go have those good times. Mm It is called pay to play. It happens with any car. I don't care what it is. RX-7, Corollas, it doesn't matter. They all require some level. Mm -hmm. And then the more driving fun that we want or the more accessibility to the thing we want, camping, requires the specialized vehicle. And that's what I want, so Mm -hmm. I have to pay for it. It sucks. It's reality, but it sucks. But I hear I'm with Todd. It's stressing the heck out of you. Well, that's the problem. Is it, it's stressing you to the point that it's undermining your drives, and that is a real serious problem. That that I the the struggle there is. I'm not sure you ever come back from that. Once you reach that place with a car, because mm-hmm. we've all owned that car mm-hmm. that was just every time you got on it, you're like, what's going to happen now? And once you reach that place, yep. because a car is so complex and there's so many parts that can be changed, do you ever reach a place where you just go, you know what? That's every box checked. It's all been replaced. I don't think you do. Maybe. I, I mean, unless, unless you're one of those RX-7 people. That RX-7 was. True. Everything but, had been but replaced. He, but he kept replacing things. Sorted. But, but, but unless, unless you do like a full stop and you do like a let's do a full restoration. Everything the car got stopped, but otherwise it's like restoration over time, right? And so you keep driving, waiting for the thing that's going to be this week or this drive or whatever, and yeah. that's yeah. that's awful, frankly. And it makes me think about this is random, but it makes me think about you know when I worked for a film studio, I was so down in the weeds of the minutia of how movies worked and all the problems with every movie and all the things that were working on every movie that when I finally left that job, this is going to sound weird because I love watching movies. One of my very favorite pastimes yeah. is watching movies. I had a couple years where I watched very few. Unless they were yeah, a movie, yeah. all the way up through, I mean, I, I left that job and about 18 months later, my son was born. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was until my son was a couple years old that I started watching movies for me again. Really? It was three or four years. I mean, I watched some I big ones and that kind long, of stuff. Man. Yeah, because I started watching stuff with him. Yeah. And then I started watching stuff for me again. Because I was so, there was so much anxiety, there was so much stress or lack of enjoyment around this thing that I enjoyed, which was movies. This is how I'm relating yeah. it to you on on this on this Honda. Element. I did had this thought too, though. You know who, what the next Honda element is? The closest thing I can think of is the Jeep Renegade. Similar shape, not as okay. usable doors. Okay. Similar shape, similar thinking, but Curtis, what I want to challenge you with here is: it sounds like you've got a new Civic Si coming. Great car. Mm-hmm. Start using that for everything. Because what, what, I, what I sense here from you is you think... Campsites are not going to be quite as rugged. No, they're not. But you think <laughs> you're going to go camping and need an element, are right. you? But you haven't been yet. Exactly. And you built a bed. Exactly. And it's an anticipatory mm-hmm. car. 
it's not a I'm using it for a thing right now. Exactly. Car. So I think I say go camping and try that those adventures in your Honda Civic Si. Because most campsites you're going to go to, you can get there in that car. True. You can roll right and just, up. Yeah. And just start having that experience. Yeah, you're not sleeping in the car, but you know what? I've never enjoyed sleeping in a car at a campsite. You know, the greatest thing in the world is not even sleeping in a tent. It's just sleeping bag. That's the coolest thing <laughs> I ever. I you going to say hotels. No, 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 no. I'm talking about actual camping. Like, oh, I've yeah. done some serious backcountry stuff. Yeah. Some of the best stuff ever is I have a tent with me if it rains, but I'm just it's just me. And that's awesome. Yeah. So my point here is just go camping in that car. And see how much you enjoy it. See if you enjoy it to a point where you're like, I can't quite do the camping I want because I don't have the right car. Then that's when you buy the car. Right now you've Mm -hmm. bought the car thinking you're going to need it, and I don't think you do. Which is why we tease it so much because every new car, especially Utes, the Santa Cruz and the Maverick, which will be coming. We compared those to each other. Mm -hmm. Those give a glimpse of a lifestyle you've dreamed about. You know what? I could justify buying the outdoor gear that yeah, I've always yeah, yeah. wanted if I only get that car. But you're not currently doing that. You don't have a lifestyle that includes that activity mm-hmm. that the car could then support. It could be a supporting cast member. The car is now the primary, and mm-hmm. then it justifies all the. I get it. I could buy jackets for the rest <laughs> of time. I love jackets. I'd buy backpacks that I don't need. <laughs> jackets. It's like, that's a cool backpack. <laughs> Yeah. Seriously, it's a disease. It is, completely. I love jackets of all weights. Well, I need the the medium weight between this lightweight windbreaker and that for like yeah. three days in the fall. Yes, exactly. This could fall right in the middle, and therefore I should get it for $200. What am I doing? Speaking of those small pickups, when we post that piece, we might want to post this other video on Instagram that is riotously funny. There's video that exists. I'm just teasing this now, and I'm teasing myself. There's video that exists of me sitting in the back of one of those to shoot the other one. Oh. <laughs> and these seem like small pickups, but me sitting in the bed <laughs> looks like Sasquatch sitting on a Tonka truck. All of a sudden, those trucks look so tiny that we should post that video when we get That's there. That's funny. Curtis, let us know what you decide, but mm-hmm. ultimately, I think both of us are in agreement that you should get rid of the element because yeah. you've got, I think, a car payment coming with this new SI. That's what it looks like. For a very good car, for an excellent car. A- and kudos well bought Mm -hmm. good job Mm -hmm. drive it yep it's new and it'll run and it'll be good Mm -hmm. but this other thing this albatross which is what the elements it's becoming that yeah need to rename it the second generation element is wow not really called the element because well you're going to want to put miles on it you're going to want to go do these things but go do the thing first and then let the car support the thing this is why advertising works. This is why car companies present mm-hmm. to you a car. All of us. Yeah. Here's yeah. this car. Look at the lifestyle that you could be uh-huh. doing in the ad. Look uh-huh. at where you could be at a winery, cruising through Italy, doing this, doing and, that. And by the way, this is not a new disease. I mean, we make fun of the beanies and the campfire and the kumbaya and the kayak. We mm-hmm. make fun of that because that's become the recent thing. But go back to the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. where it's the family with the checkered blanket out and the picnic and the and all same this. Same thing. Same exact thing. If you have this car, you're you're not going to drive it through smog-filled 1960s Los Angeles. You're going to be in the country yes. with a wicker basket and a happy family. Sure you are. Or the beach trip. And yes. there's Yes. Where's all the other people? It's not reality <laughs> because then when you get to the beach, it's like, where's the parking? Why you know, are there so many people You know here? why the beach looks idyllic? It's that same section of Zuma Beach. You know why the beach looks so idyllic in all the car ads? Because they rented the whole beach out. That's right. The only people on that beach are the people that were cast to be in the commercial. Nobody else is on that beach. It's the same rock the wall in the background, which I've climbed, by yeah. the way. It's a, it's a climbable thing about it at a point doom. And it's, it's the same thing. It's been used in a million TV shows. And the reason it always looks perfect is because... No one's allowed while they're filming unless they put you there. Idyllic. Cars are made to be driven, and we can't imagine a future without driving cars we really love. Luckily, the folks at Haggerty feel the same way. That's why they support this show. One of the many things Haggerty offers for people who love cars is insurance for their enthusiast vehicles, but that also includes classic cars, trucks, motorcycles, collectibles, and even boats. They also protect raced vehicles off the track and can even insure vehicles on the track for HPDE events and track days. In fact, we use Haggerty Track Day Insurance every time we drive the Cayman and Elise on our local track, and it adds huge peace of mind. Learn more about Haggerty and quote insurance at Haggerty.com slash everyday driver. Pankaj writes to us from Dubai. That's Some cool. car confusion. Okay. Thanks for listening, Pankaj. That's really, really cool. appreciate it. He is 38, lives with his wife and five-year-old daughter. 
and he's got a daily work commute of around 20 kilometers each way. That's not that and bad. That's another cool. short commute to drop his daughter off at school. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, he's always only had one car. He does not subscribe to the concept of a fun weekend car versus a practical daily. Okay. Love it. He likes, likes to drive, loves to drive. And so every commute needs to be not boring. I love that. Okay. That's cool. It wasn't always like this. Something snapped in 2016. <laughs> Broke it. It never recovered. <laughs> and he says, you'll see what I mean. He starts off with his first car back in 2004 after university. It was a basic Honda Accord. Mm -hmm. His dad got it for him as a gift to get him started in life when he got a job. Love it. Okay, that's great. He returned the Honda to his parents and then bought his own first car in 2007, which was a BMW 330i. He kept that until 2012, loved it, drove it. It also got replaced by a 2012 335i. So you like BMWs. I get it. loved a lot, yeah. And drove daily until 2016 when his wife took it after selling her car. Okay. At this point, he went and bought a 2011 997.2 Porsche C4S. He says all-wheel drive is not important in Dubai's climate of roads. Absolutely not, yeah. But he says this car was great condition, only had 35,000 kilometers on it, and he got it for $55,000 US. That sounds like a great find, man. I am not surprised you Very bought cool, it. Very cool, That's awesome. Yeah, Brilliant. Well, he used it as a daily until about late 2020 and then sold it. He says partially due to the lack of covered parking space at home, but partially because it suddenly got uncomfortable for his back. Mm. But mainly because he got bored of it. Because you're a car person and you have the disease. And so, of course, you did. Yes. Yeah, for sure. He got decent money for it. Couldn't believe he drove such a fun car for five years, paying very little. He says maintenance was surprisingly affordable. That's great. That's right. And at that point, he went back to the 335i. So he got that back from his wife, is Mm -hmm. what I understand. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. And then got his wife... A Mark 7.5 Golf GTI she loves. She needed a new car. She got that one. Dream car for her, and it's awesome. So, But here's what's funny. He's back in the BMW. Remember, his progression was through BMWs. Mm-hmm. He's back in the BMW, which he used to have and drive daily and love, and all he can think of is, wow, this is boring, and it lacks personality. <laughs> it's a car he bought for himself and used to love, and he's back in it now going, why do I have this? I mean, at least you gave it to your wife yes. so you could get it back. It's one of those things where... When you sell a car to a friend and you think, okay, I have first right of yeah, refusal sure. before yeah, you yeah, sell yeah. it. You have to offer it back to me. It's the same kind of thing. Only it's your wife. I'll take that back, honey. What do you want? Yeah. But he's missing the raw driving feel of that 997-911, which those 911s were excellent. So he's realizing in the past year that he doesn't care about straight line speed. He wants power that gets him out of a corner, mm-hmm. but he wants handling, handling feel. He wants feedback. It's not there in the BMW. So his question is, what do I do now? The dilemma, I'm laughing at the dilemma, Pankaj. Yeah, yeah. Does he go back to a 911? This is what Pankaj writes. And in that case, another 997.2 or something newer. But then he feels like if he goes newer, they'll be too cruiser-like for his taste. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but Porsche hasn't built port. They still have some goodness in there. It's not I, I have, suddenly I have a, thoughts, but a yes. bouncy mm-hmm. sedan. I this is guarantee true. This you. is true, yeah. It's still excellent. Mm-hmm. Or does it go something else like a Alfa Romeo Giulia Veloce? Okay. He's got his eye on a great 997.2. It's a year 2009 C2, silver with terracotta interior. Okay. It's available for around $42,000. Might be gone at this point. Might be, bought it. but still. Okay, all right. But the question is what will be a good, relatively comfortable, but most importantly, a fun daily with good personality and good sound, not too noisy, mm-hmm. good build quality that can fit a young child in the back. Mm, okay. With a budget, we're looking at forty to $45,000 U.S., and Pankaj also says he doesn't like buying new cars and absorbing the depreciation, All right. although the market has changed dramatically where <laughs> you have to worry less about that these days, True. I, I kind yeah. of feel like. Yeah. But he says, please help. I hope you can help. Okay. Pankaj, thanks for writing, and I'm thrilled you're, li- you're listening from miles and miles away. That's Love fantastic. It. That's great. Yeah, for sure. Boy, do I have your car. Oh, do you? Boy, okay. I have do a few. I have, I have things your car. to say, but good for you. Well, it sounds like you weren't finished with 911s. This is why you're sniffing around 911s again. And uh, I yeah, understand I that. that. I you that. weren't yeah. done with them. Mm-hmm. And that Veloce, I couldn't figure out for a while what was different about that particular car between the TI and the QV. Okay. It's the LSD. It's really a trim package, mm-hmm. but it's the limited slip differential. That's really the only difference. Okay. Okay, maybe it's worth the $5,000 price tag bump, 
over the TI. I would say it is. We had one without the and limited slip, and it does it does improve things it, for sure. Yeah. It certainly does. So I get why you're mm-hmm. looking at it, and the handling is excellent. It's fun. It does. It's very unique. It stands out. It's excellent. Yeah. It's got personality, but that's not the car for you. Okay. I thought about BMW again. I thought about M2s. I like from last podcast you mentioned that E90 four door M3. Yeah, those are those are unsung at this point, and you can get that's into them easily. Interesting. And then I thought four-door, sports car, unique personality, Lotus Avoras are cool, forty dollars to $45,000, maybe. It led me to the Lotus dealer in Dubai. And then, of course, I went off a cliff and looked I, at all the exotic cars currently for sale, and I landed at a McLaren Senna. I love the places that this podcast leads us on the internet that we would never go otherwise. Because, <laughs> of course, you're looking at Lotuses in Dubai. Why wouldn't you? Of course. We're there all the time. I do want to go, by the way, but yeah. We need to. The winner... Pencage, though, okay. is a 2022 Mini JCW hardtop. Look at you. That's interesting. Talk about fun. The one we had was right around $40,000 yeah, US. It was. It's it's expensive, but at the same time, you get it in and you go, wow, this is fun. Look, Pencage, this is the car that BMW designers actually had fun designing. You mm. can envision them waking up in the morning, being energized, and like, I can't wait to go to work so I can work on that car. Yeah. I forgot, and I said this in our recent video, mm-hmm. we've got it on the Test Drive channel, I forgot how fun they were. Yeah. And this one is significantly different enough from prior generations, all the personality is back. It's, I would agree with that, yeah. It's all on yeah, a yeah. new level, it's back, it's yeah. in the car, it's there, it's not an exotic, but the fun you're looking for from an exotic mm. is in this car. Mm. For 40000 40 to forty five is really the sweet spot, and it's exactly within your budget. It has container ships loaded with personality, quirkiness, and engagement. <laughs> yeah, Look, I was never bored because it felt lightweight, 2,900 pounds. It was playful, but then it can get serious for a road trip if you really want it to. Yeah, for sure, yeah. The world suddenly had color again. <laughs> The grass was green. The sky was blue. In I'm your sorry. Case, everything had gotten so black and white for you there, Paul. The sorry. sand is sandier in Dubai, I guess. But people were friendlier. <laughs> Life was beautiful it's again. Hard. We, we said this in, in the piece. It's hard to be mad at the mini owner. It is. People get mad at the BMW owner. They don't get mad at the mini owner. And I also said this in the piece, and I stand by it. This is the best affordable car BMW makes. And you remember, Pankaj, how you have this BMW history and you want a good build quality. It does have that Mm -hmm. uh, thunk, switch, touch, everything you feel. It's got that BMW feel that you're used to and you love. I see it. But it's got scampery, cool, fun, quirky personality. But it's got all the new everything Mm -hmm. as far as instrumentation and digital everything. So the new design incorporates a lot of new technology into it. Mm-hmm. And you've got that brilliant suspension from comfort to sport mode. Everything about six-speed manual, doesn't matter. I don't care what car, what version you choose, what transmission you choose, but this car. The runner-ups, of course, are the Honda Civic Type R and the Hyundai Veloster N, but the JCW Mini, this is the car for you. I'm convinced. Interesting. I did not go there. I, I see all the logic there, Pankash. I see where Paul went. I wanna I wanna break a couple of things down for you. First off, that nine nine seven nine eleven that you loved. Now that's a generation. Watch our fifty years of nine eleven. That is one of my very favorite generations. Okay. After that, they go to the nine nine two because it's Porsche and their model nomenclature makes no sense. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they went backwards in numbers but forward in time. So after twenty twelve, you get to the nine nine one. All right. That was the change point of a couple of things. First off, the 911 got significantly bigger starting in 2012, and it went electronic steering assist. Now, let me jump somewhere else. Your BMW, your 2012 BMW, I'm pretty sure, has electronic steering assist. Your 997911 had hydraulic and was Uh the pinnacle uh of the 911 hydraulic steering feel was in that 997911. So while the 911 is is more interesting to drive anyway than a 3 Series, you also have this other huge hurdle, and that is you went from the top of hydraulic steering feel 911s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the genesis of BMW losing their steering feel because they've gone to electronic steering. Okay, okay. I think this is part of your issue. 
Now, you had a situation where the seats in the 9-11 were starting to bother you. So that means we have another factor here, which is if you get another 9-11, do you need to get different seats? Are they still bothering you? What's going on with that? The 9-11 is in a rare school bus category here that works really well, but I actually don't think you can get newer than the 997 because I don't think you'll be as satisfied. I think the newest 911s have rectified Porsche some of this issue that in the came decade out in the 991. Since. So yes. it's different in the 992. That I, raw feel I'll give that to you. is coming back. And I think Porsche acknowledges that and has worked this out I'll and is on you. a good trajectory. Well, and, and that's the thing is everybody was, was shifting to electronic power steering in the, the late 2000s, early 2010s. Mm-hmm. And the first gen of just about everybody wasn't good enough. And they've all improved. Across the board, they've all improved. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I know that Porsche's improved and BMW's improved. But you have that first gen electronic power steering assist. And I'm certain that that's part of your issue. So maybe 911 again. But I have some other thoughts for you. First off, I thought BMW M2 as well. But I'm going to be the rare person. I'm going to have my rare moment when I play your role, Paul, and say you need to bring more money. What? I fit because in the budget you did, just you like I always I, do. I have, I have, and I have others that are in grand. budget. But, but Pankosh, the car you want from BMW is the 1M. Oh. That's the car you want. Oh. It's the right era. It has hydraulic steering. It is a greatest hits car. It has a back seat for your daughter. That's an exciting car. It's much. It, it, it's the car over the M2 that you want. The M2 you might like. The one M you would love. It's a decade but, old though. More than a decade old though. Yeah, but I. I think. That's <laughs> but his, screw I still that. Think that's his car. I still think that's his car. <laughs> it's a brilliant car. Yeah. The problem is that you're not going to touch it for forty-five. True. It's probably going to be sixty, seventy. Double. Maybe. It might be double. <laughs> I don't wow, know, I don't you're know spending money. Buy. So I, that's not the car wow. I'm landing on, but I am saying when I thought about the BMW lineup, I was like, the real car he wants is that one, which means it's probably out, but I'm putting it out there. Wow. I have two wild cards, and then I'm going to come back to reality, and someone's going to shake their head at me. But my wild card question is this. Why do you need a backseat? Well, his daughter. Why do you need a backseat? I know we're all conditioned as parents, and I say this as a parent, we're conditioned the child must be in the backseat. Oh, but you're imagining it's just him and... The flip side. He's imagining when all three of them are in that car together, I'm guessing. Well, but I think that it sounds like what he does is he goes to work and he takes his daughter and he drops her off at school. Sure, sure. So it's the two of you. Now, I realize you as a family can't all go somewhere, and but you don't give us the impression that you you go somewhere a lot as a family. Plus, your wife has the GTI. That That's true. She's got the GTI. Okay. So I really come okay. back to put your daughter in the passenger seat. Fair enough. Now, there are rules everywhere I can think of about where kids are supposed to sit, and they want them in the back, and they want them in the big, you know, rear-facing child seat with missiles. Granted, she may be old enough. Hopefully, she is. She's into a booster. She's at least that helps five, her so she's probably almost Oh, a well, then if she's, yeah, if she's in five, she's probably in a booster. Yeah. But anyway, the point I'm making here is they cannot force you to have a car with a back seat because you decided to procreate. Doesn't work that way. All <laughs> it's right? true. It's true. And every two seater you can think of has some sort of latch system to put the child seat in the passenger seat. I'm not saying do this unsafely. I am saying you can have a two seat car that you take your child to school in. Okay. I'm seeing what I you're doing. I know I'm pushing boundaries. I know I am, but I'm just putting it out there. In the world of two seaters, you could do a used Cayman Boxster and you would love it. And you could do a used Aston Martin Vantage. You, you not only did love. you blow the budget, you're suggesting Porsches and what happened? What happened? I know. Where, where's Todd? Aston Martin Vantage, but which would also work. But but the big place I have to go, and somebody's going to shake their head, and I'm fine with it. Let's shake our heads together. You have forty to forty five grand. You don't normally buy new, but you want something different. You want handling over power. You want something you can enjoy every single day on your short commute. Mm-hmm. You'd like it to have a backseat if possible. It wants to be usable, but always fun. I do like your mini idea, but I went there. Get the brand new GR86. Amazing. You didn't even spend your budget. That's true. You spent like two-thirds of your budget. You got it. It checks every box you're talking about. And while it does have hydraulic steering, I mean, pardon me, electronic Electric, steering, not hydraulic yeah, steering, yeah. It, it has one of the better ones on the market for feel. For sure. So I know, I'm sorry, those of you that are beating your head against your audio device that we've come there again, <laughs> but I have to put it out there in spite of going all over the map, map for Pankash. I hope something in here is helpful. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And your topic Tuesdays too, just like you heard from Curtis up top and uh, your car conclusions as well. Pankash, thank you so much again for writing to us and we hope your search is great. Just in case you want to know where one of the four mini dealerships are in Dubai, thank you, Google (laughs) Earth. It's on Sheikh Zayed Road, right, of course, at the BMW dealership. That's where I was looking. Well done. And they can order you one. And I know you don't want a new car, 
but I almost think buying a new car is less scary nowadays than it ever has been. Yeah. Interesting. It's less concerning. Like, oh, as soon as I drive away, it's going to drop off a cliff. That's not what the world is seeing anymore. Not at the moment. You're right. It's almost cheaper or more economical in the long run to buy new because you get the warranty. Mm-hmm. You, it is a brand new car. You know mm-hmm. it's going to work and run and you've got a warranty. Those are the benefits you get when you buy new. Yeah. And when we enthusiasts buy new cars, that shows our car companies that we love the stuff they're yes. doing. Yes, that's key. Keep doing all this that's fun key. stuff that you guys have discovered, you car companies, because we like it. We'll buy it. I wish you well with your search. Keep us posted. Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. Start with the new Ceramic Wash & Coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, which I like, or a foaming sprayer, which I also like, or a cannon, which I also like. We actually take Griot's Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and it now has ceramic protection as well. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products or use them as your new wash routine. They are 100% guaranteed and all their liquid products are made in the USA. Don't forget to use the code EDRIVER when you order at griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Derek starts our questions in a Facebook. <laughs> I have to go to the color questions. He knows I do too. How long are you going to, if, is how long you're going to own a car impact willingness to compromise on preferences like color choice? He says he's looking at a mid to late summer delivery for his first color choice on a car he's eyeing or early summer delivery for his first available color. So like, give me the car as fast as possible would come in early summer in like a white or gray or black, which he doesn't want. Mm-hmm. For the color he wants, it's late summer. Derek, I think the bigger thing here is there's not enough of a chasm between those two delivery dates. If you'd said to me, I can have the car now Hmm. in a color I don't like, or I can have it in a year in the color I want, well, just get it in the color you don't like and see if you like the car. Sure. Enjoy the car, have the experience with the car. You're talking about a couple month difference? Oh, yeah. A car you're paying real money for? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because here's the flip side. You don't, you personally, and I know there are people that feel differently, and that's the reason these people sell the car right after they get it. There is really no benefit to being the first person on your block that has that car. Okay. Other than bragging rights, other than I got it before you did, there's no upside to that. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. don't need to have it earlier so you can wave some flag about, I didn't get the color I want, but I got it before you did. That doesn't gain you anything. Get the version that you want. If it's that yeah. close, it's a couple months difference. Yeah. I think it's worth waiting. Again, a year or so, I, I think it, it, it might be a different conversation. So I, I really feel like we're also, this is tangential, but you just brought it up again. We talk about how buying a car new is important because it tells manufacturers that we want them. That p- plays into color too. Yeah. If we all yeah. just embrace the fact that it's a monochrome world, then why offer fun colors? Stop buying white. <clears throat> so so I think in your case, because it's that close, you should wait for the color you want because I also think it, it softens that blow of the monthly payment. I'm paying for the car and it's almost what I wanted, but mm. I got it sooner. What if you didn't pay for the car for a couple more months and then you got the one you wanted and you're like, ah, pay for that car. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, that's good. I'm just hoping to we can force manufacturers to add pigment to their bucket of white paint. Yes. And what if car manufacturers didn't offer any white? Can anymore? you imagine a manufacturer? Is, is there Hooray. is there a manufacturer out there who offers a car model that is not available in white? I don't think it exists. I'd be fascinated. Well, now if it did. you got me thinking. Somebody look it up. But but I I would be intrigued if there was not somebody out available there that in white. is not available in white. Oh. I need to find that out. In the meantime, Martinell asks about our road trip up the California coast. If you haven't seen that yet, episode one, as the first part, debuted already on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. But you can go ahead and watch on Amazon mm-hmm. season 10 and see the second part already one right now. Two, both. Mm-hmm. It's got him itching to go on a similar trip, but he's Good, on I the East it. Coast. He's out in New England. So what is the best way to map out a great road trip when you want to avoid 
highways. Hmm. Well, first of all, just get used to the fact you're going to be driving extra out of your way. Yeah, it's going to sure. be not convenient. Mm-hmm. But the best thing to do <laughs> yeah. is to find the towns that you want to go to. Oh, yeah. What are the places that you've either heard there's a great restaurant, a whiskey distillery, a shop that offers something <laughs> sure. that you yeah, want yeah. to buy or look mm-hmm. at? And what are those towns? And now connect the dots. Now mm-hmm. draw lines mm-hmm. between them. Like, okay, well... I guess I didn't really want to go there badly enough because that's two hours out of my way. Or maybe you do because the road to get there is so great. Mm -hmm. So pick your towns, pick your stops and start to think, okay, where do I want to kind of generally sleep at night? What's Mm -hmm. the general Mm -hmm. area where I want to make some stops? And okay, I've heard things about that town. Yeah, maybe I want to go through there and then draw the line through everything and see how that stacks up. Yeah, that's good. Also, I'm going to add to you, somebody mentioned it on the on the responses of questions, and they're absolutely right. Not only do we use uh, Google Maps or anything you can zoom in on satellite, you can even walk down the roads if you want to be really geeky. I do that. I walk down the roads <laughs> with the Google Map guy so I can actually scout shooting locations because my brain remembers the turnouts and it freaks Paul out. Yeah. You can go that far, but I'm not suggesting that far. What I am saying is an intermediary, which has been very helpful to us many times, look up the roads that the motorcycle riders like. Oh, yeah. The guys that do motorcycle touring, most of them have websites that they break down by state. Look them up that way because those guys are specifically looking for roads that are great, have good corners, are low on traffic, all the things we as car people like, mm-hmm. they like as well. Now, That's let's great. be nice to our friends on two wheels, but they have great websites set up just for that. That's a great point. Navjot says on Instagram, he's searching for the perfect dad wagon, and he kind of stumbled, tripped, and fell and found the Jaguar XF sport brake and went, what is going on there? <laughs> we saw one like last night, yeah. <laughs> just randomly parked in Park City. We both kind of went, what is that over there? You never hey, see those. You, never, you, never you say, is this something worth considering? Yes, definitely. We have a friend of the show that drives one and loves it. They are rare. They are hard to find. See if you can find one in a color. The one we saw was silver, and it was fine. But I think it's definitely worth looking at, and I think it's um, check into uh, reliability, look at consumer reports or somebody check into reliability for the actual combination you're looking at. But I say, why not? Ted Theologan says he's sure he's overthinking this, but manual transmissions in city traffic. He doesn't use his brake pedal a lot. Oh, he just engine brakes and then downshifts to slow down. Is he putting himself in danger by not flashing his brake lights? This just causes more traffic, he thinks. It's that accordion effect. Mm-hmm. Well, on one hand, if the person behind you is like a T-Rex and only sees red lights and then they, that's the only time they can respond to anything because they just <laughs> saw light and the rest of the time they're so zoned out. I would like to think the driver behind you is actually looking at the back of your car, looking through your car or Hopefully, around yeah. it to look at traffic and see what's going on and actually observing what the car ahead of them is doing. So it almost doesn't matter whether you're using brake lights or not. You're just observing the ebb and flow of that accordion effect. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, some people don't only see the brake lights. It just, I I think there needs to be the gradation of brake lights. Mm. Audi tried this out a few years ago in a concept and it was entirely based on how hard you pushed on the brake pedal. Yeah. And, a light touch just lit up a little part of the entire strip across the back of the car. Whereas a full power stop lit up the entire back end and you get a sense, Oh, it's a, almost a measuring device. It's almost like a bar graph. I don't know. It was a great idea. It's a great idea because at this point, brake lights are brake lights. They come on and that's either full emergency braking or the lightest brush of the pedal. There's, there are some manufacturers, I forget who, but I've seen it. There are some manufacturers, and I don't know if it's a European standard yet or not, because we have different lighting standards than Europe does. But there are a couple of manufacturers that I've seen that if you do like track braking, it flashes the It'll brake flash, lights. It'll flash, yeah. Because yeah. exactly. it freaks out that you're doing some emergency braking thing, and so it'll flash those brake sure, lights. Sure, sure. But now we're on the other end of the, the extreme. By the way, party on, Ted. The, um, the <laughs> thing that you're looking for is you're hoping that other people are paying attention, and I'll be really honest with you, I think they probably aren't. They but you haven't been hit yet, so that's good aren't. news. So, so you're yeah. driving your car your way, and I think that's fine. If you're in stop and go, luckily the speeds are low. They're low enough, and so people are... You're probably okay because you're dealing with proximity driving if you if you start to get concerned i'll tell you this turn on your lights turn your lights in the daytime so you so the backlights are just always illuminated somehow but i mean drive your car your way it's amazing that the phone still doesn't help cars steer it's weird you'd think there'd be an app now that's just like i can steer better because i have my phone i'm just going to stare at it anyway and the Uh car should steer based on like how hard i look at my phone so good yeah 
Ethan Fan 13 says, do we have any tips on negotiating the price of a new car in today's market? I am not a good negotiator, but I've done okay sometimes. I have money. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have available? But you said a Toyota dealer in your area is actually offering the GR86 to you at no markup for MSRP. So if you've paid MSRP plus tax title and license in this market, have you gotten a good deal? And the short answer is absolutely. Because before the insanity of current pricing and dealers marking things up, if you could get just below SMRP, now you're really pulling off a good deal. There was maybe a thousand dollars, couple thousand dollars, depending on the car, worth of wiggle room mm-hmm. under MSRP, and you were about at the floor. Like the the dealer made no money on this, and they're counting on you coming back for service. That's kind of where it was. So the dealer cost is what you're talking about there. If you're walking an MSRP plus fees, I think you got a phenomenal deal, and I say go get that car. Nils Hagstrom 24 says, with cars becoming less and less individual with dynamics Mm. and even interiors, is design the only way companies are trying to relate to customers or certainly differentiate things? Yes, but I'll give you an example, and that is the new Ford Maverick. What a great example of well-thought-through consumer usage. And I offer this to you because of the powertrains available. Mm. On the base level, you can get the 2.5-liter hybrid engine. At the upper level, you can get the two-liter turbo all-wheel drive version of that. Toes more and that kind of thing. So same truck, but offered with two different kinds of mindsets. Maybe somebody just wants to commute with it. But they like trucks. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to spend too much on gas. What a great answer. Mm -hmm. Or I just need something very small because I'm starting a new new lifestyle that includes outdoor gear. Yes, with beanies and kayaks. That's coming. And I do need some all-wheel drive, and I need something that's more powerful, and I can tow a little bit of stuff. What a great example. And the interior, it's like a great toothbrush. Good design can happen at the toothbrush level. It doesn't have to be super yacht or airplane interior or you designed a house on your island. Good design (laughs) is not just for the super high-end products or the super wealthy. Good design is at your $299 toothbrush. And here on the Maverick. What a great looking interior. What a fresh take mm-hmm. on things with materials and usage. And wow, it's robust. And your kids can write on the inside. They can paint and draw and hose it right out. But I, I look at that as that's the kind of design that car companies are going to be doing more. Yes, styling, but the design, the overall packaging of vehicles because of functionality. Mm. And that is the biggest differentiator. If there were a version of the Maverick that drives superbly well, maybe. I mean, wow, this thing outhandles a sports car. Mm -hmm. I doubt that's coming, but you know what I mean. (laughs) But then there's also just the dynamics of sports cars, the inherent Mm -hmm. low, lightweight sports cars. Those will always be king as far as driving fun. Dynamics for many of the -the middle-of-the-road cars are going to be equalized. So what sets it apart? I just like this. I like being here. Mm -hmm. I like what it does for my life. And by the way, it's beautiful. Kazi Chav has a dilemma. Did you see this? I did. I'm concerned, and I'm going to try to talk you both into and out of your idea. You said the other day you thought, huh, Phaetons are kind of cool. I should do more research. And then you proceeded to go down the rabbit trail that is people talking about everything that is the Volkswagen Phaeton, and you've decided you need one. Danger. And so you said, is buying one the only cure? Uh, Kazi, look, I say this as an owner that bought one cheap. I want to encourage you, if you really want to own one, go own one. I, I genuinely want to encourage you because it is such a moment in time car. It is to luxury cars what the Honda S2000 is to sports cars. Mm. It is a pinnacle car for its time. The problem is it's more than 15 years old now. And we were talking at the top of the podcast about Honda Elements. Cars that are that old, they're going to need stuff. And the Phaeton has so many things it can need. So you're going to have to have a real conversation with yourself on do you want to buy one super cheap because the whole idea is a laugh. <laughs> And then plan for money to go into it, probably front suspension because you're going to get an 04 where that breaks. Do you want to buy one super cheap for the fun and be surprised at how great a car it is for super cheap? That was the experience I have. Or do you want to like really have a dialed-in Phaeton experience and buy one of these ones that somebody has meticulously taken care of that's running 15, 20 grand? That's a lot of money for that car used because guess what? It's still going to need stuff. If you are in a place where you can and want to spend money on it After you buy it, I say entertain it. Mm. If you're Mm. wanting to buy a Phaeton because you just think it'll be cool to own and I'm going to drive it and it's going to be this awesome stealth luxury yacht, there's a bill coming that's going to terrify you. 
Okay. And also keep in mind the fact that there is no modern tech in that car. You cannot Bluetooth. There's a weird way to do Bluetooth. You can't change the head unit at all, though, is the key thing, because the head unit is the brain of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you have to live in what looks like an ATM-style center console. If only it spit out cash. Instead, it works in the opposite direction. It sucks direction. in cash. You're right. That is exactly what the ATM that takes cash. That's exactly what it is. So, it's called a phaeton. Who yeah. knew? So I, I, I say entertain it if, you are, if you're really up for it because I think you'll come away with a fantastic life experience, but you have to know that it's coming for your cash. I hear Honda Elements are like a minor pain level in comparison to... <laughs> They, they still be. suck cash. They don't have the, the suspension and crazy electronics going on that a Phaeton does. Matthew Emmons on Facebook says, Paul, we need a design solution for seatbelts and SUVs. Several times per week when exiting the car, the seatbelt often swings off his shoulder and the latch plate bangs oh, into the rear door. Yeah. I've done this. You, you, you yeah. pop the seatbelt and get out too quick and it just swings right out onto the paint. This car oh. has lots of little dimples and now a few paint chips that have slowly accumulated over the years. Oh, man. Things in lower cars that we all have to remove the seatbelt before leaving the driver's seat, not just step out of the car. Fix it, Paul. <laughs> what a tall order. It's because the same triple point seatbelt is applied to every vehicle. Yeah. Whether yeah. you're in a semi truck or you're in a tiny sports car. Sure, sure. It's applied the same way. Mm. And really, it just has to do with the, the mechanism. It, it's not necessarily. Yeah, uh, yeah. The design, you know, in and of itself of the vehicle, it has to do with the mechanism and it, it happens. I've done it against the window and I thought, did I just crack the window? We've done that on press cars before. We both just kind of, we freeze and wait and look for the crack or the ding. It's awful. Yeah. Well, I guess I take that back, Matthew. It's because the tall opening of the the SUV lends itself to letting that belt swing wide because (laughs) from space, from where it's attached uh, Mm -hmm. immovable point down on the floor to the top adjustability point, that vertical height is so much lower on a sports car. That's a good point. I guess it is. That's a good part of it. Yeah. In the design, but that's just, that's what people are buying. That's what makes entry and and exit so easy. I don't want to sit down. I just want to stop walking. (laughs) That's really what I'm looking for in my car purchase. I just want to, I want to be walking, and now I'm no longer walking, and I'm currently oh driving. This is, kind of, this is Tesla thinking, too, because the door opens for you, and <laughs> right. the car opens because you sat down. Right. We, just, we don't want to be bothered, apparently. We're so busy looking at our phone that we just got to stare at the phone while we walk and get in the car. Oh, man. Anyway. Well, it has to do with that mechanism. It needs to know when you're stopped then yeah. and, and have a different resistance level. That's the only thing, you know, the solvability versus... Mm. Completely going away from SUVs? How about wagons? <laughs> That's not happening. Can we all go to wagons again? Because it doesn't happen on wagons. <laughs> Things that don't happen on wagons. Right? The Real Bochacho on Instagram says, this is a good one, Track Daily Crush. You see this? Uh, yeah. Mercedes AMG GT Black Series, the Viper ACR, and the Corvette C7ZR1. Track Daily Crush. Now, the problem here is Holy none moment. of those three cars are a good daily. <laughs> that's true that's the problem the, that's we, true. we typically have track daily questions where it's the other thing like what do you own other thing in a track all of those are good track cars none of them are really good dailies but here's how I'm going to break this down the AMG GT Black Series is my daily it's going to be a little hardcore for a daily <laughs> but that's the daily car right the Corvette C7 ZR1 is almost powered to a level of unusability and the yeah. Viper ACR while crazy when that car was around, it was breaking track records everywhere it went. Mm-hmm. It was just decimating track records, and the people that got used to driving it were taking down everyone. So mm-hmm. I'm going to track the Viper ACR and try to figure out how to handle that car, because I know it's beyond me right now. And I'm going to crush the Corvette C7 ZR1 because it's trying to kill people anyway. That's interesting. I hmm, I may. Wow, that's, that's good. I, what am I going to do here? <laughs> The ZR1, the C7ZR1 is so nuts. It's nuts. The problem is it it doesn't feel like a lot of power that's controllable. And I compare that to the GT2 uh, 4.0. The, yes. Or sorry, the, the GT2 RS. The GT2 RS, which had very similar power, actually. Yeah, 700 horsepower. And you think, wow, how is that car even drivable? And it was so controllable. It was Completely. so either easy to just putter around or you could nail it and it just shocked you. The contrast of those two and how approachable they were was profound. Yeah. And so it's not power levels. It's how the car is designed and how it handles yeah. its power. Yeah, yeah. So I'm with you. I'm crushing the ZR1. Mm. I, I mean, 
As cool as it is. It's very cool. And we enjoyed driving it. It's not a daily. And on track, I think you'd... Oh, man. Bad things would happen. But it does seem you're right. That ACR was just killing it on track. It's got floating mm-hmm. rotors. It, everything about that car the, was... It was just a track car. Made for Daytona 24. It really is. So that's a great track car. And then, of course, this uh, the kitten that is the GT Black Series. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a soft daily, isn't it? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Quick mention on our upcoming pilgrimage trip because Philippa Rodriguez asked this question. He asks, the update on the pilgrimage trip plans. We don't have official dates yet, but I want to give you guys a a fairly significant change. It looks like the best dates, we have to go with when the track dates align with what we want to do, which is be on a track one day, Mm -hmm. have a transition day the next day that we replace tourists, and then be on the the other track the last day. That's kind of how we we structure it. We want to structure it very similar to years past. It may be as early as around July 4th. We're still trying to lock in dates, but we've typically done it in September area. We're going to bring it forward in the summer to make the track dates align. We are hoping that we're going to have registration for that up as early as March in order to get ahead of the the problem, but we are going. You've asked because you are actually overseas, will there be a meetup with fans? We would love to do some sort of meetup in that area, but it's going to depend on what our dates are and our schedule are. We have in the past done some sort of meetup in the Frankfurt area, either on the front of the trip or the back of the trip for people that are local. We will see what we can do, but let us get the whole thing locked in first. Amazon Season 10 is now available, everyone. Hope you enjoy and let us know. Yeah. If you like it, Definitely if you dislike it, it we'd yeah. just be curious, mm-hmm. you know, what you like, what you disliked, and it helps us always get better and refine our content. Looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone. <laughs>